Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. Challenging. Thought-provoking. Insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, you know what's funny is we're meeting in a different location. We're down in Middletown, Delaware today. And the meals, I know every week I say I'm not going to talk about the meals, but every week I have to talk about the meals. And the reason I have to talk about the meals is because, well, I'll just confess, I have two brownies on a napkin waiting for me to eat them. And they're warm, and they're the really good kind. They're the Giardelli kind. And... I would eat them while preaching, but this is a serious subject. So, But uh, the food is fantastic. We have all kinds of great food. It looks like it's going to storm outside, but we're going to, we're going to power through. And uh, I want to say a couple things right off the top. This Wednesday, remember, uh, we're switching to Wednesdays for now. Eventually, we'll, we'll probably do uh, Monday through Friday and Sunday. But this week, we're doing this Wednesday. And we are, uh, we're super excited about Wednesday's show. Um, I'm not a very, it's not a very guest-centric show, uh, The Collision of Faith and Politics, God and Country, The Collision of Faith and Politics. But this week's show will actually be um, all guests. It'll be, the first guest will be Dave Bray of Brave Day. Um, Yeah, you heard that right. Isn't that cool? We just switched the first letters and it becomes brave day uh he has a new venture that he's doing that i can't wait to tell you all about a former lead singer and one of the founding members of madison rising and so he's doing some great stuff he and becky are really uh rocking out and putting some amazing products out onto the to the marketplace uh then <clears throat> boy my goodness doesn't it look like it's a big storm sweeping sweeping across the plain it's really something um real high winds and everything here. Uh, all that said to say this, that uh, so he'll be on and on Wednesday, remember it's Wednesday at 4, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I'll put out an announcement. If you don't subscribe to our email updates, you do it two different ways, and I would suggest doing it both ways. 
Go to blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor. Click on um, subscribe, I think is the word. Or you could go to God and Country Radio uh, under Facebook, the God and Country Radio Show page on Facebook. Click on like, click on sign up. And Sean, uh, the smart Sean, has made it very, very possible and easy for you to just automatically sign up. But the other way that I really, really want you to do is to go to www.theninjapastor or Dr. Sean Greener, D-R-S-H-A-W-N-G-R-E-E-N-E-R.com. And uh, if you're on that page more than, I think, 30 seconds, a little pop-up will come up, and it will give you an opportunity to subscribe to our updates. We don't spam you. We don't, we don't send any weird stuff uh, out to you. We just give you updates and, and important stuff as it comes along. And you can also get blog. Every time I write a blog post, you can get updates on that. So speaking of blogs and technology and amazing things, after Dave Bray of Brave Day is on, uh, after that, we have a really, really neat guy who reached out to me. Ding, ding, ding. I always have to do the ding, ding, ding with reached out. It's a buzzword. Reached out to me because he, he had seen us on the Internet. He was researching uh, conservative talk radio, and I popped up near the top. And so I uh, had a nice long conversation with him today, One of, Joshua Kaplan. One of the smartest people I think I've ever talked to, and he's a millennial, Stanford grad, uh, entrepreneur, and he has a new venture uh, for uh, conservatives, in, and it's going to be a, a very, very new type of publication. Fantastic. He told me all about it. I don't want to tell you too much today. Um, and uh, so anyhow, uh, all that said, somebody asked in chat, will I be asking Dave why he left Madison Rising? I do know that story. I don't know that he'll share that in that forum, but if he does uh, choose to do that, then certainly uh, he's more than welcome to. Um, so we're real excited about Wednesday's show. Remember Wednesday. The other thing I want you all to know is I have a good friend. Uh, you guys know Carson, uh, Carson Sellers and Jerry from Pennsylvania, uh, his grandson. Carson's very sick. He's been back in the hospital for several weeks now. Uh, Carson has been in and out of hospitals for, what, five years, I guess now. Five years. Very, very ill. Um, and they're trying to track down what's wrong with him and to help him. There's also a fellow by the name of Springer. I don't want to say his first name uh, because I didn't get permission from his family to do that. But um, he is the husband of a, a very, very nice lady here locally where I'm from. And uh, as I understand it, he got bit by a tick several years ago, and he is on life support now. It's absolutely astounding. They're trying to figure out what was wrong. They thought it was a bunch of other things, and, and over these years, he's just wasted away. And a uh, no, very vibrant, very strong Christian guy, uh, very strong Christian family, amazing family. So anyway, all that said to say this is that we need to, we need to pray for the Springer family as well as the Sellers uh, and the Summers family. But we really want to also pray for a good friend of the show uh, who, you know, you don't hear about very often, but was a, a great help to me and my family uh, directly after my crash. Uh, she came here to my home, wanted to see me herself, uh, and ministered to us in a way that was just absolutely amazing. Her name is Linda Burrell. Linda and Terry Burrell uh, were members of a church I used to preach and serve at. And really amazing people, really super, super amazing people. And uh, really, really uh, love them a lot. Well, Linda is going in for major surgery. She has a procedure, I think, this week. The 10th. 
And then she has major, major surgery, I think, next month, right? The 15th. No, it's, it's uh, I think, I'm not sure exactly where it is, but it's really a big deal. And so we want to pray for her, and, and uh, we appreciate it. And we, a lot of people are sick and traveling and all that. So, so there's, there's just a lot going on, and, and it could be easy to get discouraged. What's that? Oh, and we have Millie. Uh, Millie's birth. Gosh, she's going to kill me. Uh, Millie's birthday. If Millie is listening, I'm sure that she is going to kill me. Uh, you've heard of Philly Bob. Well, Millie is Philly Bob's Millie, and uh, it's her birthday. And so, happy birthday, 29 and holding strong. And so, we're we're really excited for that. <clears throat> I don't know many people that get discouraged about birthdays, but there are some people that do get discouraged about birthdays. But there's a lot of other stuff to get discouraged about. I know a lot of people that are really, really struggling uh, in life, and, and they've just got so many mountains to climb. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to do something different tonight. I, don't, I, I really and truly don't normally do this, but I really felt compelled. Um, I'm a, a huge fan of Whitfield, George Whitfield. And I don't normally uh, recite large passages of other people's sermons. But in this case, I'm going to do that, and I'll intersperse it with my commentary and all that. Not that Whitfield sermons need any commentary, but I read it, and I thought, wow, this is over 100 years ago, and so timely today, sermon number 56. And it, he, he entitled it, An Exhortation to the People of God Not to Be Discouraged in Their Way, But by the Scoffs and Contempt of Wicked Men. And again, this is sermon number 56 of George Whitfield. By the way, for people who don't know who George Whitfield is, and, and there are a lot of people who don't know who George Whitfield is, uh, he was an English-Anglican uh, English cleric who helped spread the Great Awakening in Britain. And uh, especially in the American colonies, he came over to the American colonies, um, and uh, you know he's a re- renowned uh, open-air uh, preacher and evangelist. I mean, literally thousands upon thousands of people would come to hear him, and he one of the things he would do is he would go on to uh, he would go just to a street in in, uh, in either Great Britain or or America, and he'd start preaching. He would literally just start preaching. I mean, there would be no lead up to it, there'd be no advertising, no nothing, uh, and he would just start preaching. And before long, literally hundreds uh, of people, if not thousands of people would gather, and hundreds and thousands of people came to a saving faith in Christ that way. How about that? That's pretty amazing. That's pretty bold. That's a guy who I'm sure had plenty of things thrown on him. He had plenty of insults hurled at him, uh, but he kept going. And so what, I, what I'm going to deliver to you today is his work, his specific work uh, with some interspersed inter- stuff. And, but what he does is his passage is Hebrews. Um, I expanded that a little bit because I want you to have the full context of the passage. So I'm going to read it for you, uh, and and then we'll move forward from there. Hebrews 4, 1 through 16. This is from the Complete Jewish Bible. Use whatever translation you like, but uh, we're going to be using the Complete Jewish Bible uh, for most of this. Therefore, let us be terrified of the possibility that even though the promise of ending his rest... Oh, that's my killer dog. Do you hear that? We have a guard dog here, my service dog, Buckeye, and she is uh, she's keeping guard over everything. Um, 
Well, let me start over. Therefore, let us be terrified of the possibility that even though the promise of entering his rest remains, any one of you might be judged to have fallen short of it. For good news has also been proclaimed to us just as it was to them. But the message they heard didn't do them any good because those who heard it did not combine it with trust. For it is we who have trusted who enter the rest. It is just as he said, and in my anger I swore that they would not enter my rest. He swore this even though his works have been in existence since the founding of the universe. For there is a place where it is said concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And once more, our present text says, they will not enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter it, and those who received the good news earlier did not enter, he again fixes a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterwards in the text already given, today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your hearts. For if Yahshua or Yeshua had given them rest, God would have spoken later of another day. So there remains a Shabbat keeping for God's people. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. A Shabbat keeping. Sean Greener is speaking in tongues. And Ninja Pastor is talking in tongues again. Shabbat or Sabbath keeping for God's people. So, so there remains, let me say that again in case you missed it. Verse number nine. So there remains a Shabbat or Sabbath keeping for God's people. For the one who has entered God's rest has also rested from his own works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us do our best to enter that rest, so that no one will fall short because of some kind of the same kind of disobedience. See, the word of God is alive. It is at work and it is sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts right through to where the soul meets the spirit and joint meets marrow, and it is quick to judge the inner reflections and attitudes of the heart. I'm going to stop here really quick. Let me just say this. Quick to judge the inner, the inner reflections and attitudes of the heart. doesn't talk about your haircut. doesn't talk about your clothing. doesn't talk about any of those things. What he talks about is the inner reflection an attitude of your heart. Before God, nothing created is hidden, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who, in, to whom we must render an account. Verse 14, Therefore, since we have a great Kohen Gadol who has passed through to the highest heaven, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we acknowledge as true. For we do not have a Kohen Gadol unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Since in every respect he was tempted just as we are, the only difference being that he did not sin. Therefore, let us confidently approach the throne from which God gives grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. And that's from the complete Jewish version, but in verse 9, the King James Version renders it this way. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. God provided for us a rest. You know, uh, in listening to Joseph Prince, uh, Joseph Prince, and fear not entering his rest. He highlights, you guys know who Joseph Prince is, uh, amazing, amazing preacher. Amen? He says that a lot. Amen? Are you listening? 
He's a real, real little guy. He was on a show. I was on a show, a television show once, and he was one of the guests on there. And I didn't know who he was. I had a friend who listened to him and got his CDs and stuff and was part of his ministry, but I didn't really know who he was. I'd never seen him. And happened to be in the green room, and, and uh, this super suave dressed guy, little, little tiny guy, super suave, great head of hair. I hated him for that. Um, he happened to be in there, and, and he, he says, you know, hey, how you doing? And I said, oh, good, good. How are you? I'm Sean. Oh, how you doing? I'm Joseph. He never said what his last name was. And, and then, you know, I looked down and saw the little sheet of people appearing, and here he was going to be the big guy on the show. I was just a little guy before him. Well, Joseph Prince, super, super nice guy, and he says this. Fear not entering his rest. He highlights that it's the only place where God says to fear something. Unbelief has a thousand reasons. Faith has only one. Let me read that again. Unbelief has a thousand reasons. Faith has only one. You know, fear not. Do not be afraid. 300 and 65 times that is said in the Bible. I want you to understand what I just said and what Joseph Prince said. Fear not entering his rest. He highlights this. It's the only place where God says to fear something. Unbelief. Don't we have a thousand reasons why we, oh, it's this reason. Oh, it's that reason. Well, I asked for this, but not exactly everything came. It was this, but it wasn't that. And then I've, I just, I'm trying to believe, but then there's all these other things, and I'm just fussing with myself, and, well, then we get tired, and we get discouraged. But faith has only one, faith in God, faith in our Creator, faith in the Father. 365 times, fear not, or don't be afraid, do not be, 365, isn't that something? That that is said the exact number of days we have in our life. Maybe we might ought to start reading that in the mornings of every day. Another fear not. I might write a book about that. Somebody already has. I bet they have. But if not, I will write it. When we can, somebody's already saying out there, yeah, you've got three books you're supposed to be finishing now. When we consider the, now this is, this is Whitfield. Now I may or may not interrupt uh, Whitfield for my own input, but just bear with me if I do. You'll know when it's him and when it's me because he's a really smart guy. I will not use my British accent. Um, I would normally, but I, not this time. When we consider the persecutions they are exposed to who live righteously and godly in this present world, it is amazing to consider that the people of this generation should be so fond of a name to live while they are, in effect, dead. I think it's interesting. This is me talking now. Muhammad Ali, uh, he followed a satanic Arabic moon god. He specifically converted to follow Islam. He became a member of the Nation of Islam many, many years ago. Isn't it interesting that Cassius Clay, his name was called to come report uh, to the Vietnam War, and um, immediately and amazingly, he, like many others, converted to a faith that does not permit serving in war. Uh, <clears throat> look, I'm not going to demean the guy's life. People talk about him as though he was a great hero. Um, my research doesn't indicate that, but that's okay. That's okay. He's a cultural icon. And right, what do we do in this country? We revere cultural icons. But the fact of the matter is what Whitfield said here is pretty amazing. People are always looking for a name and what that means in sort of British speak. When you're always looking for a name, you're looking for an identity, you're looking for a brand. Please tell me that there aren't meatballs in here and I missed them. Plenty more. Oh, amen. Amen. Well, that was an answer to prayer. I didn't even pray. 
<laughs> right? Right? Amen. So, uh, sorry, food interrupts me. Squirrel. Uh, so, but people are all the time wanting to identify themselves a certain way. They want to identify with, you know, well, I'm this. They want to label, right? Not so many people nowadays are identifying with being a Christian. Now, people ask me, what are you? You're a Protestant, I, can, I think. Are you a Messianic Jew? Are you a Protestant? What are you? And I say, yes. I am a follower of the way. Originally, there weren't Christians. That was a pejorative. You were called a Christian. That was a pejorative back then. But the fact of the matter is I'm a follower of the way, the way of Yeshua, the way of Jesus. All things said, we seek a name. People follow names. They follow brands. But I'll tell you what. Christians nowadays are under attack. I don't know if you've noticed. Maybe you have. The most anti-biblical, anti-Christian president in all the history of this country is in office now. He's only got about a year to go. And he is literally and easily identified and verified as the most anti-biblical, anti-Christian, and quite frankly, anti-Jew president ever in the history of this country. Labels and names. We'll see how we can turn that around. The people of God, back to... uh, Back to Whitfield here. The people of God are to expect little else but troubles and trials while they're in this world. Common experience is a contradiction to my text, that there is a rest to the people of God. But the author of the Hebrews, when speaking of this rest, did not mean that they should have rest here. Look, I mentioned about Shabbat. I read the same verse a couple of times. I poked fun at Shabbat. Oh, he's speaking in tongues. Shabbat or Sabbath, keeping of the Sabbath, that's our day of rest. But, you know, a lot of Christians, they, don't, they look at that and they kind of scoff at it. They say, well, that's silly. That's, look, uh, you know, I'm not bound by the law. I'm not, I'm not a legalist. This is what they say. This is how they refute uh, my assertion that, look, you know what? We need to keep the Sabbath. It's one thing. It's a fairly small thing. Yeshua himself said, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, to complete it. And he was a great keeper of the law. There was no better keeper of Torah than Christ himself. But he says here, Whitfield says here, when speaking of this rest, the author of the Hebrews did not mean that they should have a rest here. Where does he mean here? Did he mean in England or in America if he's preaching there or India or, or Portugal or Brazil or any of those other places. I met a guy, by the way, right down at the pond uh, from Chile, a chemist from Chile, new neighbor. So I'm all excited. He was a photography guy. We're going to shoot some pictures together. Um, well, uh, you, you know, who knows where he was speaking, but he wasn't speaking of here where I'm standing right now. He was saying here. He was quoting and speaking of the author of Hebrews in context, saying here. Here on earth wasn't saying that we'd get a rest. But you say, Pastor, you're telling me that you're emphasizing the fact that we should keep Shabbat, we should keep the Sabbath because of rest. And I say to you, yes, I am saying that. I'm absolutely saying that. I don't back down from that. But here's the reason why. Here's the reason why I'm saying that. It's very important. As we become more and more tired, as we lack nourishment spiritually, emotionally, and physically, as we lack rest of our minds, 
rest of our hearts, what happens? We become less and less able, less and less equipped to fight the scourge that is after us. So what do we do sometimes when we get tired? Well, I'm tired of fighting. So we step back and we say, you know, I'm not going to be a part of that anymore. I'm just going to glide through life and avoid the conflict. Well, wait, you're a Christian. You're a Christian. How can you do that? And I say this quite simply, you know, people have said that to me. And I say, God bless you, but I can't quit the fight. I can't, I can't bow out. I've got to be in it to win it. The Lord said, you've got to fight. You've got to work until he comes. I can't give up that easy. It's not just that I'm stubborn. I am stubborn. Don't get that wrong. But it's not that I'm stubborn. It's that, hey, it's important. My goodness, if we don't fight, if we give up so easily, we might actually lose some of our rights. We might actually lose some of our privileges, our God-given nature, and nature's God gave us the rights that we have, not some man or some woman in, in political office. Boy, my goodness, if we rest on our laurels, if we stop the fight, if we... If we don't rest and then come back ready for the fight, what happens next? We lose our liberties. We lose our liberties. What about the kid in East Liverpool, Ohio, who wanted to uh, recite the Lord's Prayer? They'd done it so many years before in a row. It was a tradition. It was their way. I talked about this in last week or the week before's uh, radio show during the week. I said, "Hey, man, God's name was Watson. He was the head of the he was the head of uh, the school board." He said, "Hey, we're you know we don't have a lot of money. We can't fight this." So we had a complaint. The atheist bunch came after us and said, "Hey, you do this and you're in deep trouble." And so we cowered in fear like a little girl. No offense to little girls. He cowered in fear. He gave up. He quit. He was discouraged and he quit before he lost. He quit before he played. He took charge of quitting not for that school district not even for the valedictorian who eventually said the lord's prayer and when he was finished he realized as he looked around 99 percent of that audience was standing and reciting the lord's prayer with him and they those that hadn't stood to their feet gave him a rousing standing ovation i've reached out to him i've asked him to be on the radio show uh, his parents have indicated that he has gotten many such requests, and he is not interested in being a public figure for anybody. So, And I don't feel too bad because if uh, the Today Show didn't get him, I didn't get him. So, Although I'll be honest, if I plied him with these, I don't know if he likes brownies, but if, if he did, I, I think I could win. I think I could have him on. But look, we, we give up, we get discouraged. Why? Because we don't rest. Listen, when the battle is raging, it's not the time to rest. Can we agree that, that, that society today, they're after us. They're coming after us as Christians. Oh, Whitfield has something important to say about this. And let me tell you what. If your toes, if you don't have steel toes on, you might want to be careful. No! He too well knew that the people of God, all who seek and serve the Lord Jesus must be despised, must be hated, scoffed, slandered, and evil entreated. But the time was hastening when they should have a perfect rest. There is a rest laid up for them. And this is an encouragement for you, my brethren, to hold on and hold out 
your way of rejoicing. After death there will be a rest forever. At judgment you shall be taken up to dwell with the Lord Jesus Christ, and there you shall be forever exempted from sin. You shall rest from all manner of sorrow and be no more troubled with the temptations of Satan. I would encourage you, if you happen to have the Internet, wait a second, you better have the Internet. If you're listening to me, you're magic if you don't have the Internet, because that's where we're broadcasting. There's a band, a Christian band, called Selah, S-E-L-A-H, and they have a song called Hold On. And Nicole, one of the one of the sister, it was a sister brother and a friend from college, was a piano player. Uh, they sing this song, "Hold On," and I'm telling you, just a little while longer, hold on, hold out, folks. I've got to tell you, we quit before we've lost. We quit before we've lost. We've got to start fighting. We've got to start being strong. We've got to start standing up. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. A lot of people don't like to hear this. If you're a Christian business, if you're in business or you in any way are involved in a business and you are representing yourself to be a Christian, and that business even, if it's a business that's, rep, let's say you own the business, whatever, and you're, you had better deal fairly and right with people. Do not put a bumper sticker on your car talking about you're a Christian. Don't put a bumper sticker, follow me to such and such church. If you're going to deal poorly and wrongly with people, if you're going to be dishonest, if you have a poor product that fails, guess what you need to do? You need to stand up. In the meantime, you need to fix your product. But someone comes to you and says, hey, your product failed. I didn't abuse it. I didn't do anything wrong. It failed. It fell apart. You had better make right. Because that's how we do as Christians. Now, let me add to you. As Christians, whether you're an employer or an employee, business owner or, or retire, whatever your case may be, however you deal with people, you better deal fairly. You had better deal fairly. Don't make a story up talking about, yeah, this happened. Can I get my money back? If it's not true, don't lie. You want to talk about a rebuke that will come to you. If you are a Christian and you lied to get your money back, that's wrong. And you will pay recompense. But on the flip side of that, folks, if you're wronged, you need to stand up. Didn't nobody say you had to be a wallflower? I don't teach the people that follow what I do and fans of the show and, and the people that hear me speak all across the country. I don't tell them, hey, you know what? If you're a Christian, just kind of get you some skinny jeans, get you some, uh, you know, get you some patchouli oil, put that on you, maybe some rope sandals, some hemp sandals, and you just let everybody walk all over you. Just let them walk all over you. Some, maybe you get something and you order something and it, it, it breaks, whatever, and you say, well, I'm a Christian, so I can't. No. And it's the same way with your rights, folks. Christians are too polite. We're too polite. We give up too easy. We give up too easy. We quit too easy. Anyhow, let me just move on here. Now you can set about nothing for the glory of God, or for your own soul's welfare, but the devil is dissuading you from it, or distracting you in it, or discouraging you after it. Here we are scoffed and derided as the world hated the Lord Jesus Christ, so will it hate you. But be not discouraged. Though we are here, the scorn and off-scouring of all things, and are as a gazing stock to men and angels. Let me say this to you folks. <coughs> Excuse me, if I could get a drink of water, that would be awesome. 
Um, let me say this to you folks, both here and out in the radio land. Listen, he was very clear in this. As the world hated the Lord Jesus Christ, very important two-letter word, so will it hate you. In other words, it hated him for what he stood for. Folks, I'm just going to give you a juxtaposition here. Yeshua healed people. He brought people back from the dead. He healed the blind. He healed the sick. Thank you, buddy. He healed the lame. Leprosy. Folks, fingers were falling off their body. Their nose was falling off their body. He touches them, they're healed. Blind people never seen a thing since birth. He healed them, and they saw the first thing. They, can you imagine the first thing you See is your Savior. Oh, my lands, what a sight. Can you imagine the first thing you ever cast your eyes upon? The first color you see is the color of the skin of his face. The first thing you see is the image and likeness of God here on earth. Can you imagine? Now, let me emphasize to you some very important point you may have missed. Maybe I need to emphasize a little firmer. I haven't ever healed anybody. I haven't ever healed anybody of leprosy. Nobody's ever been blind that's suddenly healed. Nobody has ever had stuff falling off their bodies that I've healed. I've never touched anybody and pushed them back like old Benny Hinn and a little white. I don't have a white suit, so that's probably why I'm not healing any folks. But the bottom line is I've never done that. And guess what? The passage says, so as they hated the Lord Jesus Christ, will it hate you? But it says right on the heels of that, be not discouraged. Though we are here, the scorn and outscarring of all things are as a gazing stock to men and angels. Folks, it gets better than this. Though they put us out of their synagogues, cast out our name as evil, and look on us as persons unfit for their company. Now, who are they? It's important to know who the they are. Anybody have a guess to who the they are? Anybody at all? Scoffers. Right? The people who we have to fit in with here on the world. Here in the world. The world, well, on the world is right too, right? It's, we're on the world and in the world, right? We're here on this planet, third rock from the sun. We, they'll make a show called that. So we're here. We are here. And this is where we live. And the people that we're supposed to fit in with are the ones that thumb their noses at things of God. They're the people who say, you Christians are weird. You dress weird. You talk weird. You do weird things. You know, why are you so nice? Is that what they're saying about you? I'm going to ask you a question. Is that what they're saying about you? But also, are they also saying, man, you know that Christian, Jill, she don't take any crap. Gloria, she don't take any crap. Well, you don't see her coming. You don't see her coming. You think, oh, I got a pushover here. Not only, she's a Christian. We're going to push her over. She's got such a nice smile. And you know what Gloria the Christian says? Oh, no, you didn't. Just because I'm a Christian don't mean I'm a sheep. I, as a sheep, follow Christ. Are you Christ? No. We're not to sit back and roll over. No, we're not. 
What did they do? They put us out of their synagogues. They cast out our name as evil. They look upon us as person unfit for their company. Yet in that rest, which is prepared for you. In other words, it's coming. The rest is coming. My brethren, we shall then be gazed at for our glory. And they shut out of the assembly of the saints and separated from us, whether they will or no, unless the Lord Jesus Christ, by his free, rich, and sovereign grace, brings them unto himself. In other words, until they see what you saw. Until the scales are moved from their eyes and they see what you saw. What If they see what the Apostle Shaul or Paul saw, if they see what he saw, if they see what we saw at some point in time, everybody in this room and the people who have come to a saving grace, grace uh, of Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ know the same thing. At some point, you saw it. At some point, the scales were lifted from your eyes. You said, well, wait a second. Now, the fellow that I talked to today that's going to be on the show on Wednesday, his name is Joshua Kaplan. I t- this fellow is smart now. I'm telling you right now, he is smart. You'll be smart. If, I'll make this guarantee. You listen to my show on Wednesday, and you'll be, sh- you'll be smarter just by listening to the show because this guy's so smart, he just rubs off on you. Or you'll feel really stupid, one or the other. But here's what happened. I can't make a guarantee either way. I can't back it up. Look, here's, here's what he said to me today, and I asked him, I said, how did you go from a guy from Canada, you know, pretty liberal place to start with, to being a conservative, starting a conservative targeted business, and a media, becoming a media mogul. How in the world did that happen? He said, eventually, I'm looking at them studying the election of Barack Hussein Obama, and I looked around and I said, wait, there's something going on here. What in the world are we doing? This guy is trouble. And he said it was like scales were lifted off of my eyes. I said, whoa. I would to God, there have been several million more people that the scales would have been lifted off their eyes. But here's the crazy thing. These people that scoff at you, these people that hate you, the people that Whitfield and, and the author of Hebrews talk about hating you because they hated Christ, they're going to hate you no matter what. So what do we do? As Christians, we want to fit in. What do we do? We bend our music to them. We bend our dress to them. We bend our words to them. We bend our conduct to them. We bend our expectations to them. And then what happens? What happens next? We're like them. We are no longer, amen, Miss Charlotte got it. Not only does she make awesome food, but she got that one. She's all over that one. We become like them. The reason I wrote my book, Excellence Kill the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, available at TheNinjaPastor.com, DrJohnGreener.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and anywhere else. The reason I wrote that book is I said, wait, wait a second, Christians, Jews, here we are in this world, and we've got these things called churches, temples, and synagogues, and, and, and we're supposed to be gathering together, forsake not the assembling of the saints. We're supposed to gather together and help each other be strong. But what happens? We pick and pick and pick at each other. And we, not in this case, this is the most loving group of people. People, look, I'm telling you. Make no mistake about it. Record my speeches sometime all across the country. You'll hear me brag on this Kehala. In this little bitty place, you'll hear me brag on this Kehala because we love each other and we care for each other. Just as the first century church did. 
But I've got a newsflash for you. Most churches out there are busy nitpicking at each other. Well, I don't agree with you on that. Everything else you agree with, if you disagree with, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. Conservatives do that too. You know what we call it? Well, he's a rhino. I knew he was a rhino. I knew she was a rhino. I knew it. You write him off. We're so quick. So what happens? The world, which was supposed to be influenced by us, changed by us, becomes us. And we change the name to church. Well, let me get on here. There's a lot to say. The letter learned scribes and Pharisees of this day look on us as madmen and enthusiasts. In other words, enthusiast was a pejorative. In this case, and from his language and vernacular, if you were called an enthusiast for something, uh, you that was a little bit of a pejorative. You'll see here in a second. But though they make so much noise about the world enthusiast, it means no more than this, one in God. And what Christian can say he is not in God and God in him? And if this is to be, and if this is to be an enthusiast, God grant I may be more and more so. If we being in Christ and Christ in us makes us enthusiasts. In other words, listen here, folks, you want to throw rocks at me for how I talk, how I sing, how I speak, how I conduct myself, what I stand for, what I won't stand for. You want to make fun of me for getting on my knees and praying or crying when I hear a song or a scripture comes to me and, and tears stream down my face and you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And you want to make fun of me? Are you weird? You got a crutch? What's wrong with you, the world says? Christians are nothing but crunch. crutch. They, they need a crutch. They need something to fall back on. Whitfield here says, listen, if that is what it is to be an enthusiast for God, Adonai Elohim, Yeshua HaMashiach, if that is to be an enthusiast, then I am. Bring it on. I would to God we were all more and more enthusiasts. They now think it strange that we run not with them into all excess of riot, and because we will not go to the, the devil's diversions with them, therefore they speak evil of us. Let me tell you something. I get made fun of all the time. One of my things I do, I'm into gold. I'm a big fan of gold, goldrushninja.com. I'm a big fan of gold because what did we do? Right all the way back in biblical times, what did they use in exchange? They used precious things, precious spices, precious fabric, precious all kinds of things, and then gold. It meant something. It was worth something. It was worth something. <coughs> Excuse me. And then we said, well, you know, gold is hard to carry on. It's hard to carry. I can't stuff all this gold in my pocket, rich as I am, of course. And you all that know me know I love pockets. I have a lot of pockets. I don't have a lot of gold, but I'm just saying. They say it's hard to carry around. So what do we do? We come up, Let's come up with a currency. So they do that. And it's based on gold up until 1971. And what happens then? Richard Nixon said, you know, this gold standard we're on, I don't think so. Not so much. And then it falls away. And what in the world has happened to us since, folks? What has happened is it's a diversion. They say, look, here's money. It's the devil's diversion. Here's money. No, it's not. It's fiat. It's fake. It's nothing. It's pretend. The other diversions of the devil are what? Hey, you know what? 
go ahead to this thing that you're involved in. Go ahead to this thing. Yeah, I know they do a lot of things that we don't approve of, that we stand against, script against, but they're pretty nice, and I'd like to, you know, maybe it's a, a children's program or something. You know, 90% of what they do is, is, is wrong and evil and debauchery and all of those things, but, you know, this thing that they do, that, well, that's nice. So I'm not participating in that other thing. I'm participating in this thing. How about other diversions? Other diversions, conduct, how we conduct ourselves as Christians. Now, you look, y'all that know me know I'm the first one to say I am not perfect, far from perfect. I've got a mountain of hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I need a bigger house not to keep my stuff in, but my hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I got stuff just like everybody else does. I carry junk around just like everybody else does. I by no means am saying I'm perfect, not even close. What I'm saying is this, is that we are called to stand for Christ. And if nobody's throwing rocks at us, if nobody's saying, you Christians are weird, what in the world are you doing? If nobody's doing that, guess what? Guess what? There's a problem with what we're doing. They speak evil against us, but you know what? Let them speak evil. We cannot now go along the street, but everyone is pointing out his finger, pointing out his finger with scorn and cries, here comes another of his followers. You are become one of his disciples too. But there is a rest which will be a complete deliverance from you. Look, folks, he's saying, look, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, if you are a person who says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you're that person and nobody knows it, Nobody knows to look at you and say, oh, no, you didn't. Now you went, you went and messed around and became a Christian. My lands. If nobody knows it, there's something we're doing that's wrong. But he says there is a rest, which will be a complete deliverance for you. For who? For you. Let none of these things move you. For though you are thus treated here, consider you shall in heaven have no discouraging company, nor any but what will be an assistance to you. You will have no scoffer there. All will be ready to join with heart and voice in your everlasting joy and praises. Hold on. Hold out. Don't give up the fight. Don't give up the line. Stand fast, decide, resolve, and stand. I have decided to follow Jesus. Hold on, don't give up so quickly. Folks, as days go on, we're told it's going to, and these are evil times. Folks are going to come after you more and more and more until such a time that you are under such daily attack that you say, oh, Lord, I need rest. I need someone to step in and hold this line for me right here and right now. That's what we do in Shabbat. That's what we do in Sabbath. But let me say this. Your Sabbath could be any day. There's a Sunday Sabbath. That's, that's a thing. That's a made-up thing. The fact of the matter is I know lots of people who have to work. 
police officers, a lot of times, most of the time, have to work on Sundays. So their Sabbath can't be Sunday. Why aren't you responding to that crime? Oh, I'm observing Sabbath. Why don't I think it works that way? Right, firemen, why are you letting the house burn? Well, it's my Sabbath. Sorry, Shabbat. No. So you pick a day and you say, this day I'm going to keep holy for the Lord. I'm going to reflect and I'm going to rest. Because I need to power up my batteries because, boy, oh boy, they come after me during the week. You will not be counted enthusiasts, madmen, and rabble in that rest which remaineth for the people of God. A rest that remaineth for the people of God, that sounds like something special. Therefore, possess your souls in patience. Account it a matter of joy when you fall into tribulation. God in his own time will deliver us. Let not their hindering us from preaching in the church be any discouragement. Do not shrink and draw back because of opposition. Be not ashamed of your work or your master, but hold fast to your integrity. Let me say this again. I don't want you to miss this. Therefore, possess your souls in patience. Account it a matter of joy when you fall into tribulation. Come on, folks. How Look, we can read that out of scriptures, and I know why they would throw rocks at us. If we all kinds of tribulations are coming our way, and we, and we clasp our hands, we say, Thank you, Father, for honoring me with the test. My test will become my testimony to your greatness. I will stand in, the, in, in, in front of all the, 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 the slings and arrows and rocks and, and insults that people throw at me. And you're going to give me rest because you promised to do it. So I count this a matter of joy. No wonder the folks look at us and tell us, you're crazy. You're just another crazy Christian, but what does he go on to say? God, in his own time, folks, don't be impatient. He says right here, possess your souls in patience. In other words, be patient. Make part of who you are and what you, that is a godly trait. Be patient because he will deliver us in his own Time. Let me tell you something. There's, no, there's nothing more definite, nothing more absolute, nothing more faux show than when God says, and I don't even know if he'll say it, if he'll nod, if he'll move his hand, whatever he does, however he says, when he looks at Yeshua Hamashiach, the Messiah, and he says, it's time. Let's ride. The Bible says, as quickly as the lightning splits the sky from east to west, so shall he come. It's going to happen so fast. The people that are scoffers, the people that make fun of you for being a Christian, they won't have time to look back at you and say, my lands. They were right. How do we get on that ark? I'll remind you of something. It wasn't raining when God said, Go on ahead, Noah, and build you an ark, because I'm going to cover the earth with water. It's going to rain 40 days and 40 nights. It's going to rain, and I'm going to cover the earth, and it's going to be so deep, it's going to kill everything that's not on this boat. First of all, Noah wasn't a boat builder. I'm just going to say that. Noah also wasn't a carpenter. Noah was just a family man who believed in God. 
He was a family man, believed in God. So it wasn't raining when he said, for 125 years, he built that ark, learning as he went. And when God said, it wasn't raining when God said, you go on and go ahead and start getting you some animals on this ark. We're going to preserve this. You go on and you get these animals, put them on the ark. I don't know who thought to bring the mosquitoes. I think we could have left them off. Go ahead and put you these animals and put you these plants on the ark. You put enough food on there for everybody. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a rough time. It's going to be discouraging. You're not going to see daylight. It's going to be a rough time. Hang on. Be patient. It wasn't raining when he said, go on and put them on. Go ahead and get your family on here. There were people standing around laughing at Noah. It wasn't raining when the first drop. You know, I, I don't know if you know this theologically, but listen, before this happened, there had never been rain on the earth. And only a heavy dew that covered. There's never been rain. That's where the saying, my sister's favorite saying is, right, Noah. But it happened. He was patient. He worked until he came. He worked until the rains came. And he honored God. Let not their hindering us from preaching in the church be any discouragement. Do not shrink and draw back. Listen, folks, people are going to oppose you. I have to honor that kid, that valedictorian. By the way, now... In many different states across the country, they're doing away with valedictorian. They say, that makes the other kids feel bad. We don't want to measure that. In vaunted colleges such as Princeton and Yale, many first-year students are saying, hey, you know, this first semester, we just feel like you should do away with the grades because these bad grades really, we've never gotten bad grades. They hurt our feelings. Yeah, let's let them be in charge of big business. Let them be in charge of government. Why not? Create a safe space so they don't get their feelings hurt. It says don't be discouraged. When they come against you, what, what they mean is, is you be put out of your church, they say, oh, no, you can't preach the gospel anymore. Stand up and preach harder. Stand up and preach harder. Don't let your pastor stand alone. Let the crowd be around him. Lavoie Finnicum right now would be alive if a 1,000 patriots, I'll tell you what, if a 100 patriots were by his side, but did any of those folks ever think the government would murder a man for doing the right and just thing? No. No, we didn't. Let that pass from your mind. Don't sit and wonder, wow, will my government do a bad thing? Yes, they will. And we have to stand. It says don't be discouraged. You must expect to go through evil reporting, good reports. Sometimes folks are going to say terrible things about you. Sometimes they're going to say good things, but sometimes they're going to say bad things. <clears throat> fear not the violence of unreasonable men. I'll tell you who unreasonable men are. Islam, leftists, socialists, anti-scriptural conservatives. Let them hate you and cast you out for the Lord's sake. Behold, he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. Therefore, hold on and hold out. How long? As long as it takes. To the very end. How long? Until he comes. Until he sends you rescue. How long? Until he says, my child in whom I am well pleased, come and get your reward. Be steadfast and patient and bear the troubles of the world. If you are the people of God, there is a rest provided for you 
which you shall certainly obtain. Now, you'll notice I emphasize that word, if. It says, if you are the people of God. You know who that, that rest provided for you, which shall certainly you shall, If you're not a people of God, if you're not the people of God, that rest isn't coming for you. You can say all the touchy-feely nice things you want to say. Say it all. Say all you want now. Nice, soft, gentle, touchy-feely stuff. When the sky is split like lightning from east to west, so fast you don't even see it coming, I'm going to tell you, folks, that's when our rest is coming. That's when their tribulation is coming. You know, we don't behave as though eternity awaits us. Our eternity as followers of Yeshua HaMashiach, Adonai Elohim, Hashem, Yahweh, the God of all. Not an almighty God, but the almighty God, the only God. We don't act like we know the truth. We act like we think we know something good. But apparently we don't think it's good enough to live like it. Apparently we don't think it's good enough to tell others about it. Apparently we don't think it's good enough and true enough to stand straight on our back and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It says be fit, steadfast and patient. Bear the troubles of the world, folks. Don't fold up. Be a warrior. Be a happy warrior, but be a warrior. Not a warrior. A warrior. My lands, you know, the shofar, my buddy Wes here blows the shofar. He's learning the shofar, and we're so glad he is because we love hearing it. That's the trumpet they're talking about. In the scriptures, they're talking about blow the trumpet. That is the trumpet. They changed it from a Jewish word to sh- from shofar to a trumpet. They weren't blowing any trumpets. They were blowing shofar. And I love hearing that sound because that's the sound we're going to hear, folks. The sounding of the trumpet in the end day. The last day. I shall not speak unto you Pharisees this morning, nor to any except to you who have experienced the pangs of the new birth or at present under them, and who know what it is to love the Lord Jesus in sincerity and truth. Folks, if you don't know what it is to love the Lord in sincerity and truth, I've got a newsflash for you. Something powerful is going to happen in your life, the likes of which you have never experienced when you place truly your faith and your trust in God. Do not be discouraged or think hard of the ways of God. My dear brethren, because you are not loved by the men of this world, if you were of the world, it would love you. It would then be pleased with your company. It would not thrust, from, thrust you from a tavern or an alehouse. It would not dislike you for singing the songs of the drunkard or for going to plays, balls, and other polite and fashionable entertainments, as they are called. No, these the children of the world like but if you will sing hymns and psalms and go to hear what God hath to say to your souls and spend your time in reading, praying, frequenting religious assemblies, then it is that they dislike you and thrust you out of their company as unworthy thereof. But let none of these things move you, for the rest which Jesus Christ hath prepared for you is an ample recompense 
for all you may have to meet with here. Let me say this about that after I take a drink of water. Listen, folks, I mentioned earlier about organizations. We, we become involved with some different things. We, get, we don't know. You know maybe, maybe initially we don't realize. But there comes a point where you know what they're about. You know what their end game is. You know what they're trying to do. And if you don't release yourself and your family from your entanglements, your involvements in those things, you will absolutely be soiled. You're not bringing light into those dark places. You're allowing the dark into your light. You're allowing them to ex- extinguish your light. You've got to get away from those things. You can't be a part of certain things. There are certain things we must be apart from. I hate to say it, but it's true. And sometimes when you do that, they're going to make fun of you. Sometimes when you do that, they're going to say, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. You're a weirdo. And you say, well, so be it. You're not arguing with them. You're telling them how it is in your house. Because as for your house, you and your house, you're going to serve the Lord. Since we're going to have recompense, in other words, God's going to make it right. For everything that we deal with here, God's going to make it right. This rest is the fruit of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, how will it fill our souls with love to think that through the streams of this blood we have overcome the violence of this world and the snares of the devil. My dear brethren, be not discouraged at the treatment you meet with here, but let it be a means to stir you up in advance in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ who hath prepared a rest for you. In other words, stop your whining about how they treat you wrong as a Christian. Because can you consider what Christ has done and suffered for you and have your hearts stupefied with vile and senseless pleasures? Can you hear of a panting, bleeding, dying Jesus and yet be dull and unaffected? Was there any sorrow like unto his sorrow? And all this he underwent to save you who were vile and polluted and by nature since the fall, a motley mixture of the beast and devil. Jesus Christ, by dying upon the cross, intended to take away the devil and beast from your heart and to prepare it for himself to dwell in. Look, if you've got the enemy in your heart, the Lord can't come into it. You've got to shuck all that stuff out. Did I say you had to be? No. Say you had to be holy. No. What I said is you've got to change your life. You've got to let God change your life little by little, bit by bit. Sometimes it's big things. Sometimes it's very, very small things. Sometimes it's things other people can see in your life. And other times it's the thing that only you know. But he says, by dying upon the cross, Jesus Christ intended to take away the the devil and the beast from your heart and prepare it for himself to dwell in. Think of the love of this, your Jesus, and then will a little reproach and scorn move you? In other words, if you think about Christ on the cross, dying, panting for every breath, and you're going to whine about somebody at your workplace calls you Christian? Oh, there comes that Christian again. Here comes that Christian again. Oh, I better not tell that joke because, you know, here comes Sean, the Christian. Can't tell those kind of jokes around Sean, the Christian. Sure it will not. I hope better things of you 
and things that accompany salvation. Oh, think, not much time left here. Oh, think with what pleasing astonishment you will see the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes to take you to his rest. Now his heart is open to us, but our hearts are shut against him. Then, then his heart shall be open and ours shall be so too. Oh, my brethren, how will your love be increased? With what raptures will you see the Lord Jesus Christ? Folks, what the world has awaiting them is death they wish. You see, the Muslim, they're, they're, they, the, the culture of Islam, it's an ideology of death. It's a religious, political, and military ideology of death. They crave death. Death is the thing for them. Meanwhile, we're scraping and dragging and clawing for life. And they, they laugh at that. They scoff at that. They will beg for death. The Bible says, beg to have your finger, just dip my finger in water. I thirst so bad. It's so terrible here. People don't preach about hell. Pastors all across the country, if you ask them, what's the thing you least want to preach about? The first thing they say is tithing. The second thing they say, shortly on the heels of tithing, is hell. You see, Whitfield said so artfully, far more artfully than I could ever say, Whitfield said, oh, don't get tied up with worrying about their fun making of you. Stand for me. Because in the end, this is what's coming. We are going to be, we're going to receive our reward. You know, older Christians, they have a country folk. When they talk about a Christian who dies, a believer in Christ, a Messianic or, or a Christian that died, a believer, what do they say? Oh, he's going to his reward. You know, people make fun of that. Reward? Oh, yeah, this is some reward, some God you have. This is his reward? Yeah. Because as he closed his eyes upon this sullen, soiled earth, he opened his eyes to Christ and was made perfect in his presence. Therefore undergo a few reproaches here patiently and revile not again. Let them say what they please of me. The reproaches, scorns, and contempt of this world will no ways hurt me, but will recoil upon their own heads. Leave it to the Lord who knows what is best for you and me. Do not question his love. He will be with you. Only do you who have tasted the Lord to be gracious follow hard after him. Can you imagine? I want to I think I asked this last week, and I want to ask it again. Can you imagine being that person that Christ healed? As his feet were, were walking among uh, says he, his feet were getting dirty from the soil his father created. And he saw someone and he healed them of their ailment, be it blindness, what it, lameness, whatever the case may be. But really, blindness, can you imagine? Can you imagine? You're healed and you see Christ. We need to be healed of our disbelief so that we can see Christ. Our eyes work fine, except we have scales on them sometimes. Because even though we call ourselves Christians, we recoil. We're afraid to stand and straighten our back and dig in and say, Oh no, I serve the living God. And now let me speak a word unto you who have not experienced the love of Christ to your souls, but are waiting 
for his appearance. Appearance. I shall be but very short, because I would not break in upon the duties of the day. I shall speak unto you a word of invitation. Even to wait still upon the Lord, do not forsake him. Though he may, answer your, he may not answer your petitions at once or twice seeking unto him, hold on. Do not leave seeking him, and you shall have an answer of peace. Remember the poor man who was lame, and he had lain at the pool of Bethesda. You ready for this? Thirty. Eight years for relief. Yet at last he found that it was worth waiting for. He obtained his desire. And if you are but zealous for the Lord and seek unto Jesus, if your zeal be according to godliness and you pray unto him for his spirit, you shall certainly have an answer of peace. You shall find it is good to seek unto the Lord. You will be adopted into his family and by his spirit be enabled to cry, Abba, Father, in other words, Daddy, my Daddy. Oh, then do not leave, but be continually waiting at Wisdom's gate, and you shall find all her ways to be ways of pleasantness, and all her paths to be peace. Then you shall find that it is worth waiting on the Lord Jesus. And when you have got his spirit within you, all the power of men or devils cannot make you forsake the ways of the Lord Jesus. Why do people crumble so easily that claim to be Christians? Because they do not have that power within them. Because they've not truly accepted it. I have a saying. It's a trademark copyrighted saying. Hesitant faith is no faith at all. I mean what I say. If you're pretending to believe, but you do not actually believe, then you do not have faith. Am I saying that my faith doesn't get challenged from time to time? My patience doesn't get challenged? No. We are human, and the Father knows and forgives our impatience. He forgives our fear. If you do but want a taste of his pardoning love, it will be so delightful unto you that you will cry for more and more thereof. You will be as full as you can hold and still not be satisfied. You will desire more and more of this love of Jesus. You will hunger and thirst and hunger and thirst again and never be satisfied till you come to that rest which is prepared for the people of God where all hungering and thirsting will cease and will be turned into songs and hallelujahs, and that forever and ever. As many of you as designed to partake of this emblems of the body and blood of our dying Lord, examine well yourselves, lest by eating and drinking unworthily you eat and drink damnation unto yourselves. Remember the dying love of your dying Lord, and eat and drink in commemoration thereof. Do not let the world keep you from partaking hereof. And when you have eaten and drank, do not go away and run into the world. Let the world see that you have been with Jesus. Give them no room to speak unseemly. That they do not that they do that enough without occasion. But how would they rejoice if they just had reason? Folks, I want you to understand what he just said here is powerful. Let the world see that you have been with Jesus. Give them no room to speak unseemly. Listen, if we're filling all of the space of our life and our world with the light, capital L, of Christ and the joy that is within us, that stuff they say to us will roll right off our backs like water off a duck's back. Look well then into your past and that you do not slip. Remember that all your faults are magnified and that your little slips are laid upon me. Therefore, look well into your ways, your words, your actions, that they may silence gainsayers. Let them see that we have the presence of God within us, that there has been good done 
by field preaching. What he means by field preaching is the man literally went into fields and began preaching until hundreds and sometimes even thousands came. Hours and hours in the hot sun, the freezing cold, because it's that important. Let me exhort you once more to consider the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, do not forget this love. Consider, I beseech you, how great it has been unto you, and do not slight this his grace, the riches, the love, the kindness of your dear Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, who hath prepared this eternal rest for you. He also laid down his life for your sakes. What great love was here, that while you were enemies to the Lord of glory, he died for you to redeem you from your sin, from hell and from wrath, that you might live and reign with him world without end. The lamb that died and was buried and is now risen and exalted sits on the right hand of God the Father, and when he shall come to judge all the world, then, my brethren, it will be seen whether we have deserved the usage the word the world has given us. Then it will be known who are the true followers of the Lord Jesus and who are madmen and fools. But may it be determined in this world that we and our present enemies may enter into that rest which God hath prepared for those who love him, which God of his infinite mercy grant. My brethren, let not these few words of exhortation be forgotten, but lay them up in your hearts. And remember, they must be called over another day. I should have enlarged, but the duties of the day oblige me to forbear. Now to God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost be all power, all glory, forever. Amen. I want to say this to you. I want to say this to you. Many of you here, many of you here uh, in my physical presence and many of you all around the United States and even world, we have some folks in Belgium actually listening today. I've got to tell you something. If, if some preacher told you that becoming a Christian was the easy path, they lied. If some preacher or Sunday school teacher or deacon told you that all you need to do is quote this little quick little thing and your life is going to become easier and better, then they told you a lie. Because God said, look, in this passage we know, and the author of Hebrews told us, we're going to face some stuff, folks. And if we're truly following hard after Christ, guess what? We're going to face some hard things. But oh, the joy of our rest. I would encourage you this week, look, tough times are coming for Christians. This is not going to be an easier time. It's going to be a harder time. I want you to understand that Christians all around this world are dying. They are being murdered. They're being murdered as a result of who they follow, who they serve. And I'm telling you, greater persecution is coming to the United States of America than we have ever known upon our shores, all because we follow Christ. Take your rest. You can't rest all the time. But take your Sabbath rest. 
Allow that to rejuvenate your body, your mind, your heart, and your soul. And don't be afraid. He said, don't be afraid. 365 times, one for each day, he said, do not be afraid. I'm coming. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.